Welcome to The Art of Growth and our series on empathy for the types. And today is the type nine. In the series, we're going a bit behind the scenes on what it's like to be each of the types so that we can have a better understanding and empathy for where they're coming from. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can do that at theartofgrowth.org. That is where you can sign up for our newsletter. And that's where you'll get invitations to special things going on right now, like a webinar we are hosting next week for the launch of our app. For the last year or so, we've been working on an app for work teams to to keep their Enneagram learning close at hand and have specific instructions on how to communicate with the individuals on their teams. And this is the best way right now to have the art of growth in your pocket. So we are very excited about that and would love to have you at the webinar. So all of that is at theartofgrowth.org. But for now, let's jump into this week's episode. So if you missed the episode that introduced this series, what we're doing in this is trying to look at the behind the scenes of each type and look at why it's hard to be them so that we can have more empathy for them. And we mentioned in the last episode that why it's hard for us to perceive what someone else is experiencing or what they're going through is because what they're experiencing does not seem rational to us. And we're joking about the nine types of irrationalities. And they are both irrational, but they feel like reality to each of these types. And so to have empathy, it's good for us to try and imagine, not that we can understand, but we can get a glimpse of what it's like for each type. And so we're going to talk about the type nine today and what's hard for them. Uh, Because I think for the type nine, if you feel that it is not safe to bring up your own agenda, your own thoughts, your own feeling, that it feels like an existential threat to exert yourself. That if I were to do this, if I were to speak up, if I were to even have my own thoughts and feelings sometimes, if I was to delve into this part of myself, that the world would not feel as safe to me. And so I think what people don't understand about the nine is the the calculations that are popping up and the minimalization of each of those. We use the term neutralize a lot with the nines. It's just like if something comes up, I immediately have to dismiss it or neutralize it because I perceive my own desires as possible threats. Hmm. So in this world that there's this conflict because people around is like, well, you should know your passions. You should know your desires. What do you want to do? What do you want to be? How could to express yourself, all this stuff. And simultaneously, there's this experience of voice of going, well, if I do that, I don't know that the cost is worth it because that could actually lead to more pain. Hmm. That could lead to more struggle. That could lead to disconnection in the very places that I want to be. And what I want is to be connected in this place, to be with all of you. And if I have to silence myself, it seems like a small price to pay Hmm. to have this. And so there's this simultaneous desire that they have to want to engage, to be in there with people, to experience life with people, to do things. But even in those actions, a lot of times there's this sense of like, 
I constantly have to measure how much of that I let out. And I've seen nines experience this anxiety of like, I'm constantly calibrating how much of myself I let out because at a certain point, oh, I did too much. And there's this like, then I have to pull back. I think what people miss about the type nine, it's not just the merging because they seem so peaceful and calm, but there's this calculation thing that's going always behind the scenes. I did have one nine recently tell me that they're like, you know that old story about the swan that looks calm floating on the water, but underneath the feet are like moving like crazy. That's definitely what it feels like for me. Mm -hmm. What I wish I'd said at the very beginning is that I think that for all nine types, there's a sense of being cast off from uh, from source in some way. There's a distancing that we have all experienced, which is something that we can't quite put our finger on, we can't quite name. And so all kinds of sacred literature, philosophies, and um, you know, have, have tried to articulate, tried to give answers for, explain what's happening. And so the result of having been sort of cast off from source, it's like the Big Bang, but psychological level, maybe, is the nine would feel at the core that there's a disconnection of, of, of a sort. Like That's the existential whole is I am at a distance. I am disconnected. I am out of balance with others. And that may not sound, if you're not a nine, you won't relate to this. You'll be like, what does that mean? Like, We've all known what it feels like to be at a distance, to feel separated from. It's not so much an emotional experience. It has emotion to it, for sure. All nine types have emotion to what they feel. It is a sense of distance and a sense that, so it turns on itself. All, All existential holes turn on themselves. It's not that just that I have this feeling that there's disconnection in the world. It's that I am the cause of that disconnection for the nine and somehow my presence somehow who I am is a problem or a potential problem and so I constantly have to neutralize that I have Mm -hmm. to somehow pull myself back and so that's to your point of calculation that's where the calculation emerges it's like well then if I'm potentially the source of that disconnection that source of distance from other people that I have been rejected or cast off, then what do I have to do? Well, Mm -hmm. that's where the logic begins of the type. Like I have to pull back on myself. I have to be Mm. silent. I have to anticipate and play things out in my head. Well, how much can I say? How little should I, and you know, what should I do to keep that peace, to keep that connection, the fragile connection that exists between myself and other people. Yeah. And it does feel fragile to them. And I think what people miss a lot of times about the nine, what nines even miss about themselves is because nines judge themselves so harshly for all the things I feel like I should be doing, I should be accomplishing, I should be wanting, and I can't. But this calculation, this mechanism that's trying to make sure we don't break the fragile connection or disrupt whatever is producing a lot of exhaustion. Mm. So, they can get so tired just working on the mechanism to do the things that they want or need to do. Mm. And so there's this pain point of, oh, I should be doing this, but then I calculate, calculate, calculate. 
now I'm exhausted oh, and I didn't do it. So I need to work myself up again, calculate, calculate, calculate. Uh, and so I think it's something that if you're not a nine, we, again, you can't really relate to. You can't really understand. It's like, well, you know, think about what to do. You, you do it. Well, what do you want to do? Just do that thing. Well, here's the task in front of you. And if it's just a task that's handed, like execute this task, it's like, okay, because all of those other things have been removed. But if it's, I have to think of it and think about what I want to do and strategize, but I'm also trying to think about all these people around me, it's exhausting. Mm, yeah. The types that don't do a whole lot of additional calculation cannot relate to because it's, it's yeah, decisions are easy to make or direction is easy easier for certain types because they're not taking into consideration the impact that they're having on other people all the time, you know, and how they, how other people are going to take that or receive that. And type nines are. And so when thinking about how do you, how do you work with a type nine, how do you coach, how do you relate to them? And, and again, when we say, when you're dealing with the core, be gentle. When you're dealing yeah. with that existential whole, be kind to it. Nines are not going to suddenly not be a nine just as eights won't suddenly be right you know not an eight we're not trying to convert people from being you know how they are to more like how we are right or like some ideal that we have that they should be Uh, i don't think that there's an ideal i think that the ideal that and i do believe in ideals i think people people who are idealistic great be idealistic but understand that when it comes to sort of growth, that there's there's a sense at which here's what it looks like with, you know, nines at their high side. Yeah. We know what that looks like because we've seen nines in their high mm-hmm. side. So we were able to kind of go, okay, see, now we've got an image, a picture of what that looks like. But they're still a nine. They're they're not going to move at the pace of a three or at the pace of a right. of an eight. Generally, there's some nines that, you know, that are very 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 hardworking, very, very busy all the time doing stuff. Mm. Um, it's not about activity. It's a, people get sometimes confused with that. Like, right. are nines right. are less active? or No, nines can be workaholics, high-producing nines. I know them. I've coached them. Yeah, it depends on what energy they're merging with. Exactly. So the issue isn't activity as much as it is that they're, the pace at which they move internally towards their own objectives, towards their own goals, towards their own, that's never going to be fast. Yes. They're never going to be able to tune in to their objectives very quickly because they're taking into the consideration everybody else's as well. Yeah. And you know what? That's wonderful. We want that because what they can do and their gift, and that's true for all nine types, is you don't want to not have the low side of the type what you want to do is to see if you can integrate that towards the high side like if you have a nine that is for example a nine that is self-forgetting what's the high side of self-forgetting because if if the whole thing is like well stop being self-forgetting and start paying attention to you let's say there was a switch and you flip that switch what happens to the nine well they're no longer a nine and they're no longer bringing about the gifts of the nine to mm-hmm. the world Right. Right. So what's the gift of the, what's the high side of self-forgetting? The high side of self-forgetting is that they they have the capacity to understand other people by merging at a level that most other people cannot. Yeah. And they, they can see the perspective of it. They, they can value the perspective of it. They can bring people together. They can make connections. They've, they've said it themselves. On the high side, I make fast connections with people. Like, 
really fast. Yeah, because people feel <laughs> safe sharing with them. Yeah. And, and so, do you want to get rid of that? No, I actually like that part of me. Okay, great. What's the other part of that? Well, I don't have many needs. Right. On the low side, you believe you have no needs at all, or you right. act like you have no needs at all, but you do. But on the high side, you actually don't have a whole lot of needs. Yeah. And you're very good at picking up on what's going on around you in a way that you can then participate and, and meet the needs of the world around you. So that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So that's what we're saying about like, you are not looking to do a hack job of getting rid of the type or right, right. shifting, you know, having a switch, a magic switch, you turn it on. No, what you want to do is move that low side towards the high side yes. in yourself so that you can bring about the gift and your light that is yours to shine on the world. Okay. Yeah, and because if a nine, even if they have something that they deeply feel passionate about that they want to do, there will still probably be the struggle of, well, is it worth it? Yeah. I don't know if this is worth it. Even if it's action-oriented, this is where the eight and the nine are like flipped opposites. You know, when we were just talking about the eight. Yeah. The eight is like nobody else's thing is really worth it, so I've got to do my own because I don't trust that other people's thing is worth it. Right. Yeah. So I got to do my own thing. Where the nine is like, I don't trust that my thing that I want to do is worth it. So I'm more likely to trust that someone else's agenda is more valid. So neither is more right than the other. <laughs> like, yeah. right, you don't know. We, we never know if what we're investing in, what we're doing is, if it's worth it. Like, we're, there's always questions around that. But like, what is your mechanism trust? And then how do you navigate the questions around that from a really honest place to that includes other voices uh, who are for you, who are, are wise? But the mechanism isn't going to go away. You're not going to suddenly just feel like, I never question if this thing that I want to do is is right, and then I'm going to have plenty of energy to do it, and I can just get to it and you know execute on it, and it, you know that's a hill to climb. That's yeah. something to navigate. So we didn't say this for the eight, but this is true for each of the types. I'd like to say this uh, for the nine, and then uh, see if we can make sure that we're saying this for each of the types. But the existential hole is not something to be solved. It's in. It's not solvable. It's not right. fixable. Yeah. You know, eights, you're not going to suddenly not feel inner weakness when you pay attention to your, you know, inner workings. Mm -hmm. The nine, you're never not going to feel that deeper sense of that there's disconnection. But here's what I would suggest that might be helpful to untangle the gnarly mess that it becomes this existential hole that's overwhelming at times. And that's why the ego really activates. It's, it gets activated and protective is that there's so much that we put to it and so much meaning we put to it. So, you know, for the nine, it's there's disconnection and I'm the cause of that. And anything I might do might disproportionately be disastrous to every relationship around yeah. me. So, and that's the most believable story internally <laughs> for them. That's the most believable story. Right. And you can't change that. You're not going to change that story no. tomorrow. But what you can begin to do is to recognize the existential whole by itself is this feeling of disconnection. Then there's the story. And the story is a really tough one to beat. And so you separate those two out. Like, you know, there's this, there's this existential feeling I have. And that's what fuels a whole lot of stuff. My, the narratives, the stuff that I believe. But what if it wasn't just about me? And what if that existential whole is really something that does exist in this world? And that 
I'm in some way to bring light to that. Mm. that we can do more than we've ever imagined we could do. Yes, we do not have mm. to be victims of every situation. That's absolutely right. Well, imagine a nine. Yeah, imagine everything being balanced the way it should properly work. I've said this to nines. It's maybe not an imagination you've ever had, but I imagine it being like a solar system. I've tried this on even with hyping nines, Mm -hmm. and they've said I so relate to that solar system. I love that. So a solar system is everything is in proper distance from each other. To have this wonderful, consistent flow, there's not lack of movement. That would not be happy to a nine. There's movement. It feels good. But it's steady movement. It's consistent movement. Everything is in proper balance to one another. And the thing that's frustrating is whenever there's a damn meteor that comes in, you know, and hits and ruins something in the system, you know, hits one of the planets or hits, you know, there's a disruption. That's the thing that the that the nines are trying to avoid and work against. But at their best, that's what it feels like. Everything is in proper. What's it? Who doesn't like a solar system, right? Right. Solar systems are, I mean, we look up to the sky. We're amazed. It's awesome to watch nature when it is functioning in its, you know, rhythms and balances. And that's Mm. very nine-ish. Yeah. And so, are there things that are off balance? Are there things that are disconnected? Is there disconnection in the world? Yes, there is. Is could, Could there be more peace? Absolutely. So, maybe that's what's really a way to redeem that existential hole is I'm here to establish more peace. And then, of course, mm-hmm. then we move, as it's been said before, you move from peacekeeping to peacemaking, you know. And, yeah, because you're more likely to trust an agenda that's going to bring about your core desire of peace. Yeah, right. Right, you're not, you're not being a seven. You're not being a, a right. two. You're, you're being you, know, you. You're being you, yeah. And it is a glorious thing. It is yeah. good to be you. And, you know, nine's more than... Uh, most other types, you know, they really question the value of being them. Yeah. I wish they did, you know, merge with the values of others in certain circumstances because so many other people like just feel so safe with them, trust them, feel um, that they are a, a safe place to be uh, around them. And that that is an, it's an incredible gift that you have to offer. And it's good to lean into the high side of the of the values that you you have w- with who you naturally are in that regard yeah i did this thing for one nine who's a leader uh he's got a he says he hates board meetings but he he has to have them uh and he was writing one of them and i asked him why and he said because it's, it's stressful because there's always somebody who's there's always the, the one that's really loud mm-hmm. and that takes you know, takes control and kind of establishes things and he's like and I'm honestly fine. I don't need to control. I don't need to direct. I don't need to do any of that. But I feel like I should. And I feel like I I should be giving guidance to the meeting and I'm not. So I feel like I'm not doing my job. Meanwhile, this person's taken over and these other people aren't talking because they're intimidated by this character. And so, so I said, okay, imagine you moving from peacekeeping to peacemaking. I says, here's what it might look like. And I said, imagine you listening to Type person A who's probably type A or something, but probably, you know, let's say maybe the, this person's a type eight. Maybe it could be type three, could be type seven. Who knows? Could be a type six. We don't know. But definitely take charge, kind of giving direction. So you say to this person, thank you so much for sharing. That's really amazing. I'd love to hear from everybody else. Can we get everybody else to talk? And then you you hear from everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and And there might even be some 
contest of ideas, maybe. Maybe there's like, well, no, I disagree yeah. with this. And I, and then you take that back and you say- you Mediate it. Oh, wow. Can Hold on a second. We just, 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 I just want to take a moment, like some amazing ideas you guys are sharing. This is brilliant. I'm going to have to reflect on this because this is just so, so much. Yeah. Thank you. Could we just take a minute to just kind of pause, maybe breathe a little bit and see if there's some other thoughts that emerge now after a little bit. And he said, you know, that would be me at my best for sure. What you just described is hundred percent me at my best, but I'm too terrified to get there right now. <laughs> I was like, fair enough, mm -hmm. right? At least you have a vision of what that could be like, Yeah. right? And And we all need those visions of, what does it look like when I'm functioning at my best as a leader to keep that and to recreate when this when that solar system is just spinning around and off kilter and mm -hmm. planets are bumping into each other as it were, you know, and <laughs> and what do you do? And and how do you bring about that balance? So I think I think it's it's just helpful like for us to have a North Star. Like who do I look like when I'm functioning at my best? Yeah, because as you're describing that, I'm like, well, what is uh, a nine feel like at their best and it's like oh it's their sense of gravity like there's just mm. a sense of like oh it's I'm on stable ground like it, like there is it's harmony it's peace it's okay things are in balance like they do bring a sense of gravity in, in their presence to a situation and I think the way you just described that is beautiful that's exactly where they are at their best and to get a picture of that for themselves is a is a glorious thing So thank you so much for listening. Make sure you are subscribed and go to theartofgrowth.org to sign up for our newsletter, to find out about attending the webinar about the app launch. And that is also the place where you can take a free Enneagram test or instincts test. But for now, my friends, may you honor the nines around you and the nine within you that wants balance and harmony to the world around you. Notice when you are pulling back and just ask the question, is it time for that? Or is it time to lean back in and engage? Is it time to keep the immediate peace or engage in the conflict now for the long-term peace? Have a growing awareness of all of the tools at your disposal for your ultimate goal, not just the immediate feeling. Grace and growth, my friends. <laughs>